0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North America and all the ships at sea. This is uh, Philip Terzian. I'm the literary editor of the Weekly Standard, and this is my weekly podcast on the Books and Arts section of the Weekly Standard. And this week we're looking at the October 19th edition of the magazine, which leads in the back with a review by uh, Maureen Malarkey of a book entitled Keeping an Eye Open. This is a A volume of essays on art by the British writer Julian Barnes. Uh, Maureen Malarkey is a New Yorker who writes about a lot of things, but frequently writes for our pages on art, and uh, she talks uh, to some degree in her piece. um, Obviously, tells us what the book contains. It's a series of, of, it's a, a collection of Barnes's essays, but. She talks a little bit about, about what it means to write about art. Uh, writing about art is a little bit about a little bit like writing about music. Um, it 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 uh, taxes the ability of the writer to convey something that's difficult to um, uh, describe uh, in words. Um, when you read writing about music. One is always um, uh, prompted to, to actually go and listen to the music to get a fuller and better sense of what the writer is talking about. Same with art. Obviously, you can illustrate um, uh, essays about art. but Barnes is a is a very fluid and insightful and interesting writer on painting, and he he uh, uh, transports himself over several phases of the history of art. I think there's probably something in this book of interest to most people especially those with an interest in art but as I say Maureen Malarkey um, makes it all um, very interesting and um, very enticing. That is followed by a review uh, by Stefan Beck um, of a book from Pantheon by an author named Jennifer Jacquet, called Is Shame Necessary? New Uses for an Old Tool. Um, I was pleased to get this piece because um, shaming is, is a, uh, a phenomenon of our times that uh, we haven't quite sorted out um, the whys and wherefores and how far we go. Um, but it seems to me you don't open the newspaper every day anymore without some account of someone somewhere who said something they shouldn't have said or some company has done something that some people think they shouldn't have done or some politician has introduced a bill that everyone agrees is an an affront to civilization. And we now have all kinds of means, especially with social media, to um, uh, put these people in the public dock or the public ducking stool, however you want to describe it. it's a process that's that's um, inevitable, and and there's no law against it. But it certainly can be abused, and certainly can lead to the to a, a kind of mob mentality. And um, especially when, as is the case here, and as Stefan Beck points out, uh, the author of this book, Jennifer Jacquet, has very strong views about who should be publicly Shamed and humiliated and forced to grovel and apologize and retract and, and um, uh, stop doing what she disapproves of. But the question is, how do you arrive at a consensus about such things? Uh, who decides what's uh, beyond the pale and what is not? It's an interesting and troubling um, subject and question, and Stefan Beck describes it uh, with considerable skill. That is followed by a essay by Andrew Nagorski um, about a book um, by the Yale historian Timothy Snyder entitled "Black Earth: The Holocaust as History and Warning." Um, One of the challenges of, I think, of 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 writing about the Holocaust and the Second World War, of course, is putting it in in historical perspective and Um, trying to divine um, the causes of it um, and the consequences of it and see if there's some overarching historical pattern. Timothy Snyder is uh, particularly um, uh, well-suited to do that. He's the author of a, a book some years ago entitled Bloodlands, Europe Between Hitler and Stalin, which was probably the best description I've seen of the horrific... Uh, nature and consequences of the of the war uh, in 1941-45 between uh, what might say Teutonic Germany and Slavic Russia, or Nazi Germany and Communist Russia, however you want to put it, but the the killing grounds in between Berlin and Moscow were were uh, uh, horrific and almost unprecedentedly horrific and. Anyway, he applies this 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 um, this uh, uh, means of describing and trying to understand history to the Holocaust as a whole. And while Andrew Nagorski isn't always fully in agreement with with some of Timothy Snyder's uh, uh, conclusions, uh, he nevertheless is impressed by the the substance and the material and how it's presented and how Snyder has thought about it. Um, Andrew Nagorski himself is a distinguished journalist and has written on these subjects extensively um, uh, and uh, speaks with real authority on the question. And I think um, for those of us interested in putting uh, the Holocaust in historic perspective, I would say that the Snyder book is probably must-reading, and Andrew Nagorski's description of it is as good an introduction to that as you'll find. That is followed by a review by um, a young contributor named Will Brubaker, who's an undergraduate at the University of Virginia, who was an intern uh, this past summer at the Weekly Standard, and he has reviewed um, a new book of poems by Nick Flynn, the American poet. And um, I think um, Flynn is has his has his followers, but he's not as well known as uh, some contemporary poets and I think I think um, Will Brubaker has very skillfully um, introduced us to him Um, and as as I have to say with a few other recent uh, books in our pages um, he's taken a writer of whom I've only known by name and induced me to look a little more closely because he makes him sound very interesting and enticing that is followed by an essay by Philip Brantingham Um, which is about Fred Allen. Now, I was talking last week about, um, excuse me, uh, 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 yes, last week, excuse me, about uh, National Lampoon, the magazine, which will uh, stir some memories for baby boomers. You have to be a little older than a baby boomer to remember Fred Allen. He had a very popular radio program in the 1930s and 40s, um first called uh, town hall tonight and then later allen's alley but brandingham makes the point that really a great deal of modern comedy radio and television television comedy certainly um really owes a great deal to fred allen um allen's alley for example um uh, really pioneered i think a topicality in 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 comedy um he had um certain recurring characters um, Senator Claghorn, the the, um, bombastic southern senator Mrs. Nussbaum, the New York housewife um, uh, Titus Moody, the laconic New Englander, were all um, very broad and very recognizable characters, but they also talked about current events in a way that radio programs didn't so much in those days, and Fred Allen is someone who I I myself am too young to remember in real time, but um, um, I've since um, uh, acquainted myself with a, a lot of Fred Allen, who of course lives on to some degree in, in YouTube and, and in um, the, the, the uh, memoirs and other uh, humor books he wrote. But as I say, uh, Brantingham makes the case that we owe a great deal, certainly modern Comedy sensibilities owes more than we think to Fred Allen, who uh, uh, died in 1956. And this is a, a very interesting and and I think revealing introduction to the subject, which I think you'll find interesting. And speaking of interest, uh, John Patoritz's movie review is um, of uh, The Martian, which is the new uh, film from directed by Ridley Scott starring Matt Damon which um, has the somewhat unlikely premise of an American astronaut who's whos who's on Mars and is um, unexpectedly marooned there for a the time being and John uh, John likes the movie very much and seems to have taken away from it uh, a sensation, an impression that I would not have expected. I will just read the first sentence. When was the last time a movie was just, you know, lovable? I think when John Podhoretz suggests that a movie is lovable, um, we're obliged to sit up and pay attention. And I hope you will and enjoy his piece. And I thank you, as always, for joining me this week for this a few minutes of talk about the October 19th Books and Arts section of the Weekly Standard. I thank you for joining me. I hope you will join me for our podcast on our next edition. I look forward to talking to you then.